G'day everybody, welcome to another episode of Banter Over Whiskey. So tonight you've got John, um, you've got Vic, you've got Adrian, you've got myself Brad. Um, thanks for joining us, thanks for listening in. Um, if you do like what you hear, please uh, give us a follow, give us a like on uh, social media. Um, and if you if you uh, have any feedback for us, then please leave us a message. Um, we'd be happy to hear it and um, see what we can do. Um, especially if you've got some ideas on what we can, uh, what you'd like to hear us talk about. Um, I know that uh, we can get a little bit repetitive, but you know, anything that you want to listen to or you want to find out about, let us know. Um, who knows? You might get on the podcast. So uh, tonight we're doing something a little bit different. We um, we're uh, doing a session on independent bottlers, uh, and I think Vic. I think Vic's got a very special one that he's he sent a sample around to everybody for us to taste, and he hasn't told us what it is. Um, and we're we're going to have a taste of it now, and we're going to see if we can if we can guess what it is uh, through just through the taste. Um, but maybe you can tell us a little bit about it, Vic. Well, I went up to um, one of the Blue Mountains about a month ago, and I've. Uh, I was told by a couple of um, couple of people there was a really nice um, whiskey shop up there. One of those uh, family-owned shops, which they they stock some of the really um, unique stuff. You know, stuff that you don't find in usual usual chain stores like Ben Murphy's, so on. Anyway, oh mate, I went in there. I was just mesmerised. The lady looked at me. Goes, "Are you okay?" <laughs> I go, "No, I'm not." <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it was it was wonderful. You know, when you walk one of those stores, the, it, like the ceilings, the, the big doors, really high ceilings, which is the best um, the best thing in a liquor store. I, I love the high ceilings because they can just stack stuff at the top. Really good bottles. Anyway, um, and then a few bottles there, and um, I narrowed it down to three. Spent a good half hour having a chat, husband and wife business. I'm not going to say the name of the store. Otherwise, all of Sydney's going to go there. And um, you guys can find out by yourselves. It's in Lyra, by the way. Well, you, can, like start there. well you just message Vic <laughs> at uh, Vic Whiskey at Instagram. <laughs> Actually, there's a message on the on the podcast. Uh, they have a website too. Okay. Anyway, I narrowed it down. And actually, the three of them, one was um, from a distillery. The other two was from independent bottles. Okay. And I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to give you a clue, guys. The distillery, the independent bottler actually has a distillery. Okay, they're on the distillery. So yeah, that's the first clue. See how we go throughout. But um, yeah. So you guys, um, it's a great bottle. wasn't cheap, but you share your most expensive whiskey with your mates, and you, well, you are three of my best mates, whiskey mates. So here we are sharing beautiful dram, and um. Oh god, smells the fine. What do you guys think? Cheers, Vic. That's that's yeah, really appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Thank Cheers, you. Thanks appreciate for it. Um, what do you what do you think, John? So it's not oh, that... man. It's that's like it's it's got those that mineral and salinity notes. Mm. Like it, it's a peated whiskey. Um, yeah. for those viewers at home, I'd get like that that uh smoked honey glaze ham. I'd get that um. Like there's that savoury note that comes through 
but it's that level of sweetness as well that comes in on the nose, which is just stunning. Uh, it just pulls it in. There's a bit of age in this, I think. It's got some complexities, but I'll be very surprised if it's young. I'd be quite surprised if it's a young one. So um, You're right there, John. You're right. I will not say the age. It's not a young whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> you're on the right, the right direction. On the yeah, right direction. I, I thought as much because there's, there's a bit going on with it because um, there's, I'll be curious to know what, what cast this is um, because they've used a really solid uh, cast that's come through. Like there's that lovely wood to spirit interaction um, where it's not overcooked or anything. It's just really well put together. Where it they just... don't um they don't say the cask, but yeah. I have all my suspicions that it might have some cherry or it, look. I'll tell you. I'll give you another clue. It's um very limited. One of one hundred and twenty bottles. Not really a clue, just no. a stat. Um, one of only one hundred and twenty bottles. So it wouldn't have been that that big of a of a barrel. Yeah, right. So usually the, the that, Spanish probably, they love the big cask. It probably indicates it's like a hundred liter barrel, right? 120 bottles. Oh, the bottle, sorry, the bottle is 700 and is it a 700 or 750? It's a 700 mil bottle. No, it's, 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 oh, okay, there you go. Another clue. It's a Scottish independent bottler. Okay. okay. So you guys said it was Peter, so you guys know mm. it's, it's Scotch mm. anyway. But it wasn't a US release, no, I don't think so. Okay. So when you when you said this this independent bottler has a distillery, I'm, the distillery is not the same name as the independent bottler, is it? Well, okay. Here's another here's another two clues. All right. Um, they actually called themselves so selected and bottled by cannot say distillery. Okay, and then at the front they've got the name of the distillery which they acquired so they actually have a different mm -hmm. all right all right if you know history here we go they started they started a long time ago they got sold fast forward someone bought the name and then someone bought the distillery another independent bottler which mm -hmm. has the original name Uses the new distillery to <laughs> bottle it. Okay. It's a very, very um, upmarket, I'd say. So I was, I was, yeah. I was thinking of two distillery, uh, two independent bottlers. Um, and you've ruled out one of them. So, um, well, st starts with an A. Yeah. John will get this. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's what totally the so, so my understanding was that um the history I went on their um, website the oh god how do you, would you say these are who, who, <laughs> <laughs> Edward, on, do you know the, spit it out. Do you know the, do you know the uh, distillery we we're, were talking about uh, last year when you came down yeah and I couldn't spell it and you you you, you blurred it out. Which was that's actually the, that's actually the, the distillery they bought. Which one? Ardnamurkin. Yes, that's yeah. it. 
He yeah. plays off having a, a Scottish uh, wife. Adam Ergen hey? or something. Yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Adam Ergen. Yeah, so Adelphi, Adelphi was the original distillery. He got yeah. sold out, demolished, like happens to most of them, unfortunately. And then okay. um, someone bought the names, the name. They started the bottling stuff. And uh, now they've got that distillery. And so they've this, done uh, this sample two, you've two given us. This, I think. this sample yeah. you've given us, is, it, is this from Adam Ergen? One of their own. No, because that's only six years six years old, I think, the distillery. Ah, okay, so so I almost told the age. So this is yeah. <laughs> Anyone want to guess the age? It's it's uh, more than six. It's definitely more than six, man. I'm, I'm, <laughs> gonna... I'm gonna go twelve. Twelve <laughs> spot on. You know it's my favorite number. That is exactly the, that's yeah. why I said it. Be ubiquitous. That's one of the reasons. Let's not, let's not be ubiquitous. I narrowed down to three um three twelves. And this was one of them. And um, man, what do you guys think? Is it a is it a solid drum or what? It's a ripper. It's actually really good. Yeah, yeah. See, how can you pick a independent bottler from a from the flavour of a whiskey like that's Well, you can't. That's never going to work, is it? No. It's no, you no. Independent bottlers. Oh, look, some have got. Uh, some have got this little knack that they tend to pick up where, um, the like, for example, Sanzibar, one of my favorite personal independent bottlers, mm -hmm. they go for quite a robust car strength, uh, tasting, uh, like tasting whiskey, but. Then SMWS like blows me out the park whenever it comes to yeah. ABV because like they hit like kind of well into the sixties, whereas you know, yeah, Sandsbar doesn't like they're high fifties. Uh, but it's a real like big, bold, robust as I was saying before, mm -hmm. on a flavor profile. So you can kind of pick. Yeah, there's a handful of distilleries that will jump into it. What do you think this is? ABV. What do you guys think they'd yeah. be on this one? Yeah, I, I, I feel like it's a bit, it's a bit higher, um, but and it's it, like it, it's sort of funny. You know, like sometimes you get a whiskey and it's the ABV is a little bit high, and you get that tingling on the tongue mm. to start with. Yeah, this way it, for me, it feels like it's the other way. Mm. Like I've got all the flavour up front, and then all of a sudden I I got a bit of numbness in on the yeah stuff. I agree, mm. I agree. You start drinking it, then you think, oh, okay, this is pretty smooth. Like it's not something you know big, yeah, and then oh my goodness, it hits you. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so, definitely not. A, very, it's not a big. Very for, for the people at home. Very dark, very dark. It's 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 not towards the reddish, more towards the the dark. Brown copper, even a copper, yeah, uh, exactly. So they did a. This was a good barrel, whatever they got it from, or could have been a mix. They could have, I don't know, downsized the barrel. God knows what they did. They did a good job either way. Oh, the ABV. What do you guys think it is? It's fifties. Uh yeah, but low fifties, I reckon. Yep, Adrian. Adrian is uh, on yeah, the right. On the right. It hasn't got that big smack of a of a high ABV that gets you, and it's still really flavoursome. Yeah, Adrian's so, on the right. On the right, um, I'll tell you, five one point nine. It's almost five two. Shit. 
That's which is decent. Mm, yeah, it's decent up there, but it does not smack you across the face. No, that doesn't like Brad like said. Yeah. All the I flavor. Mean, um, what do you reckon it's from? Which part of Scotland? Oh shit. Well, I lay. Yeah, there you, go. <laughs> there you go. That narrows it down. Does it say where a bit? Or no, it... that's the that's the thing. They don't they don't say um which distillery. Or that's even a twelve year old island. island, pretty much. Yeah. So well, so it's it's an Adelphi selection. It's not a, your normal Adelphi, it's the Adelphi selection. I suppose yeah. it's a little bit upmarket, you know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and all they say is twelve years old, single malt, scotch whiskey, distilled. I lay in 2010, bottled in 2022, one of 120. So if you do, it's a black black uh, box, cardboard box. Yeah. And it's got a typical um, little sticker, plain beige sticker with a little little angel falling off the barrel, holding the bottle. So if you do, guys do come across this thing, oh, my God. So, don't worry about, don't look at the... I reckon it is. What do you think, John? Could it be a I don't think it'll be a, a cask mix. It's very sweet. Mm. So it will have to be sherry. Well, it's at 120 bottles, it's got to be one cask, isn't it? Unless it's two, two, not at 12 years. It'd have to be one cask, wouldn't it? A single cask? I know the Spanish like the big casks. So it's if you've got a 200 litre barrel. You know, and you lost a fair bit of it, unless they re- they resized it. Do you know if the or they could have gone half a barrel and then I uh, use the other barrel? It's wait a minute, is a single malt? Yeah, it's single malt, so they wouldn't have uh, blended. Very interesting. So that's the beauty of um, independent bottlers, eh? There's always a bit of mystery in there. It's unusual for them not to tell you what sort of cask it is, though. Mm. Could be, they might have it online for an independent bottler not to tell you what distillery it's from. I'm guessing it's one that's not because Adelphi normally do, I'm pretty sure. Mm, Yeah, they do. So I'm guessing it's one that you don't, people don't recognize. I'd I'd say with with the the trickling, I don't know if you guys want to. When I research it, but um, yeah, the sweetness coming out of this, I would say definitely a PX cask, maybe finished on PX cask. What well, do, do you think? Because there's a the peat in there, it's not overwhelming, it's it's a nice peat that I like, like a sweet peat, mm. a very fruity, very fruity. Oh. Anyone for oh, some I bacon? Like, I like John's description. The the um the glazed ham. It's got that yes. sweetness, but then the savory and the yeah the ham, you know the baked ham notes. Mm. What's your favorite um independent bottler, Brad? Um, Do you have one? My my favorite it would have to be uh, Gordon McPhail. Gordon and oh, wow. Yeah. Um, They're very solid. Yeah, I just love what they can do. What they get, and like they're massive, aren't they? Gordon and McPhail. Didn't we have some on the weekend? I'm pretty sure they're the oldest independent bottler. 
if I'm not mistaken. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask you, how long have they been around? They've been around for a long time, haven't they? They have been. They've been around for a very long time. Mm. And, um, well, they've been able to. That was the one I was, the other one I was thinking about um, because I know that they own a distillery as well. Yeah. Don't ask me which one, but I know they own one or a couple, actually, I believe. Um, and when you said that it had been sold, I thought, oh, hang on a minute. They, that's not Gordon and McPhail then because they've always been Gordon and McPhail. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Gordon and McPhail have been around long enough to have a um, an 80-year-old whiskey bottled. Yeah. So, exactly. yeah, it's crazy. Wow. They, um... And they've got really nice, like, elegant tasks that they use as well, Gordon and McBell. Uh, one of my favourite independent bottlings, I think I've tried to date, which is absolute monster of a whiskey, was Gordon and McPhail's uh, Connoisseur's, was it Connoisseur's choice? Uh, con- uh, what was Yeah, it? I think we saw, I think uh, I the, the Adelphi 23-year-old, first full sherry punching. My goodness, that is just an absolute monster. Oh, that's my pinnacle sherry matured whiskey. That is just an absolute. And the only thing that came close to it was another Highland uh, whiskey, which was uh, Bel Blair, which is also 24 years matured wow. from Gordon McPhail. First of all, sherry punching. It. Yeah, that was a, another monster, but it wasn't as complex and <laughs> it's yeah, it was that Adelphi was one of those drams. You know when people talk about those drams that turn into seven or eight different drams within the space of forty five minutes, it just yes. keeps evolving. Yeah. yeah. The Adelphi twenty four year old from Gordon McPhail was noticeably different in between each um, like e- each five to ten minute interval, it was just yeah. yeah, it was phenomenal. Like how much it just changed in the glass. Every time you you have a sip, you'd mull over that sip, put the glass down for a bit, and then you'll just sit there and savor over it. You'll go back; it's another drink, and then that just keeps happening through the course of forty five minutes. It's like seven drams or eight drams, however long you take with it, but. Yeah, that was such a phenomenal, uh, yeah, sherry cast matured independent bottled whiskey. So, yeah, hats off to Gordon and McFarlane for that one. That's for sure. I um, yeah, I like I, I've never had a bad one, and I I remember, I remember, uh, I remember when it was, but I, we were at um, oh, it was for the whiskey awards. Yeah. last year and we were at um archie rose um the the bar not the distillery um and we were there and we were trying there was a few of us and we were trying i don't know how many whiskeys we tried but we had quite a few um and yeah. we we're just sort of taking turns and picking one on the back bar and um yeah i spotted i spotted a couple of gordon Mc, gordon and mcphail's up the back up right up the top and um I asked the the barmaid, you know, like which which ones were they? And one of them was a Bonaharbin, 
And I said, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, I'll have one of them. I'll have that. And like every got everybody a one. Um, and it ended up being the whiskey of the afternoon. It was just insanely good. It mm. really was. And there was some That's pretty good... um pretty decent whiskies on on show, I've got to say. Because Ali Ali Barnum was there and she mm. had brought some um Sully Scove with her. Um yeah. But this one was outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And it I from memory, I like I think it was only like a Got a feeling it was like a sixteen-year-old or, or something like that. Like it wasn't overly old, but decent, you know. Anyway, um, yeah, I think it's uh, I think what they do to to whiskey, they can turn a. They seem to be able to turn an average whiskey into um, an outstanding whiskey. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, doesn't seem to matter which one it is. They're they're always good. So, um, do we want to do we want to just talk about what an independent bottler is? Probably not a bad idea. Um, Does Adrian have a favourite independent bottler? And John, I think um, just quickly, yes. Before we sort of waffle on too much, I'm a big fan of um, also the the Gordon and McPhail. I had a couple of Kalillas in my time from them, which were absolutely magic. But my all-time favourite, I've mentioned it before on the podcast quite a few times, is the Wilson and Morgan. Um, the Tobermore I had a few years ago, uh, I just can't beat it. And I've just had a quick look then while while you fellas were talking to try and find another one. But, yeah, it's just so hard to get one. But they do do other ones, so I might look into those and, and give them a run, I believe. Wilson and Morgan. Wilson and Morgan, yeah. They're... Um, are they the ones that you said were out of Italy? I think they might be Italian, yeah. I'm not exactly sure. Doesn't sound Italian, does it? No, no, it sounds very Maybe they don't mean anything. And Maybe just to escape the tax. Sorry, sorry, your pair doubled up then, John. Sorry, I was going to say, neither does Hidden Spirits, and that's also based in Italy too. They're a very good independent bottler as well, mm-hmm. Hidden Spirits. They come yeah. up with some crackers. Yeah, I think it's to escape the tax. So the tags, Vicky's tax. So what's tax your favorite? My favorite, oh, man. Talk about pick your favorite child because there's a lot of good independent yeah. models. Well, you've only got one child, so yeah. that can't be hard. Yeah, <laughs> Dogs that's for now. That's for now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But look, as far as I mean, what do I have in the way of independent? Yeah, you got to think about what that. I've got, yeah. What I've got a lot of. Oh, the, the, son, the, the daughter. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I would go down the path of um, if I had to pick one immediately. I'm gonna say hidden spirits, actually. Mm, okay. Yeah, gonna say hidden spirits. They're, I don't um, think I've ever had one, so that's yeah. that's pretty cool. Actually, no, Bob. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I don't. I change my mind. You know why? Yeah. That, no, there's gonna be a take back on this one because everyone's gonna agree with me. It's a hard one to beat. The whiskey exchange, or whiskey uh, whiskey agency, actually whiskey agency, uh, which you can get through Casa de Vino. A lot of the bottles I've had from there have been phenomenal. Some of the Irish that they've bottled, uh, just yeah, they they bottle some in, incredible stuff. So whiskey agency, they come up with some 
and ones that evolved on a tasting with the whiskey agency, I would uh, walk away from the tasting, go to sleep that night, the next morning wake up, and then the tasting notes will still be vivid in the back of my head. I'll be like, yeah, I remember that. Bang, 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 and just get all the tasting notes and write them down or whatever. There, yeah, whiskey agents is pretty, pretty hard to beat, and closely followed by hidden spirits. So, but yeah, getting back to the conversation that you wanted to trigger up, Brett, which I think is an interesting one, uh, because independent bottlers, there's been a new wave of independent bottlers, and what the definition of an independent bottler is as of recent times, uh, and especially being explored in Australia. Probably, yeah, pretty fine. So, yeah, let's um, let's chat. <laughs> what's what's an independent bottler to you, John? What would you define an independent bottler? An independent bottler is somebody that's at the end of the day ends up with their label on a bottle that's been, yeah, put together whether it be at, like somebody's distillery or whatever, but if there's their own label that's that's on there, so that means that they've either chosen the cask or they've worked with them from day dot, that's an independent bottler. If they haven't distilled the spirit, but they've assisted in maturing and they've bottled it and they've labelled it, that's an independent bottler. Yep. I agree. I agree. Especially when they use their own bottles. Yeah, that sounds fair. Yes. Um, yeah. And we were, you know, we were talking about this earlier and, um, you know, if they, if they, it's just a barrel pick and they, but then they put it in their own, own bottle with their own label, that kind of constitutes them being an independent bottler, doesn't it? I, like, I feel like it's in the name, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Independent bottler. Like it doesn't. It's you know all they're doing is bottling the the, the yeah. into their own bottles. So I agree, because there's two, to me, in my personal opinion, there's two types of independent bottlers. The ones that do that, they go and buy a barrel and basically they bottle it, and the ones that age it, and then they bottle it. In America, they do a lot. A lot of bourbon companies they go and buy the juice of someone else. And they give it for a little bit of a little period of time or the entire maturity. And then, well, yeah, and they bottle it. So yeah, well that, that's like SMWS. They basically buy the spirit, they'll pick their own barrels and mature it in their own bottles or so. Yeah. I reckon they're independent bottlers. They might not want to yeah. admit to it or uh, they are. They got yeah, you know, I'm I a mean, bit confused. I'm a bit mm -hmm. confused by that because um I'm sure Matt Bailey said once that they they don't like to say that they're an independent bottler. They say that they're a, they're the, a society, they're a club, right? Yeah. Um, which I get, but you know they. <laughs> What's the club doing? Yeah, they, they they put stuff in their own bottles and they they sell it. So, and they, you know, do their best not to tell you which distillery it's from and all that sort of stuff. Of course, they they do ultimately, but. Um, yeah, I, I feel like they are an independent bottler. Um, you know, and so I, I just thought of something when you were talking, Vic, you said, you know, if they age their own, 
what does that mean? You know, like because if they're the ones, if it's, do you mean if they have it in their own bond store, or do you mean? Yeah, sorry, sorry, yeah. Just aging bit, it? Um, because the you know, like, my head. You can, you can, you can buy a private car somewhere and be the one that decides when it's going to be, when it's going to be um, tipped and and bottled. So, you know, it's sort of the aging process is where it, where it's aging doesn't really matter, does it? I mean, um, it, it can, but I'm just saying, like, whether it's your own bond store or, or it's the distillery's bond store, probably doesn't matter. Usually, I, I used to think years ago, I used to think when I used to come across an independent a bottle was bottled by someone besides the distillery. I used to think, okay, they took the juice and they bottled it straight away. They basically did a barrel pick, but they bottled their own bottles. But now, as time went by, I started finding out that a lot of these guys used to buy barrels six, seven years old and um, leave it for even longer 10, 20. And um, yeah, that seems to be the norm nowadays with the big, big guys. I'm not sure, going McPhail and Adelphi. If they actually um, have anything, they buy and bottle straight away. I think they age a lot of that stuff a bit longer. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm not entirely sure about Adelphi, but I know that Gordon and McPhail, they, um, they literally just get the the liquid and put it in their own own cast. That's their own barrels in their own bond store and they age it and manage it and monitor it. They, from what I understand, they've got the biggest bond stores full stop. Wow. Yeah, that's so, not a surprise. That, that is a real, that's a real independent bottle. That's someone that goes out of their way, you know, well, to make sure the like whiskey. Like I said before, I'm pretty sure they've perfect. got two, two of their own distilleries as well. So, um, which is sort of interesting, isn't it? If they if they bottle their own distillery in a Gordon McPhail mm. bottle, is that an independent bottling, or is that a no? Not it's a is that an that's open? their own juice. <laughs> I, I, from what I from what I remember researching, they've done the first their first bottling was a two years old, and then the second one was four years old. I don't know if they've done a third one, a six. I don't even know if they've been open for six six years. I don't think they have. I have to research that. Should have taken some notes. Should have taken some notes. Actually, I just thought I just thought of something. I, I, an independent bottle. Um, you said um, whiskey is exchange. John is Dramful. Is that mixed up with whiskey exchange? Dramful. I'm not sure. Are honest. they their own? Are they their own entity? Um, because. Uh, I mean, most people would know about Corey in Brisbane. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He's a massive fan of Dranthal, and i got to admit, every single one that he's given me a taste of, outstanding, really, really good. So yeah. they've got a really funky uh, label where they've it's a um, it's generally a white label and it's got a like a pyramid sort of thing of barrels, barrel ends, you know, like they're just yeah. – um, and one of them will be red. Or a different color. That's so, right. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It's sort of seen... a funky new sort of independent bottle, but yeah, really good stuff. 
Yeah, uh, Mick Morrow brings that in, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, up in Ballarat, the rare Luca King. That's, yep, absolutely. Yeah. That, that's right, yep. yeah. Now you yep. say that. Tramp, I thought he was based in Perth. Um, no, he's no, not. He's up in Ballarat. He's not. Yeah, he's up in Ballarat or Sebastopol um, at that neck of the woods. Yeah, because that's where I saw the bottles for the first time. And, yeah, I actually haven't tried many uh, dramfuls, but I hear nothing but good reports about them. Here's one for you. That's a bit of a curveball. Whiskey yeah, and isolation. Yeah, I know. We thought yeah. about that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because he's got no bond store. But he... Doesn't do barrel picks. He works alongside the distillers from New Spirit and bottling. Mm -hmm. So yeah. he doesn't just walk in there and go, yep, sweet, how's that barrel going? Cool, let's bottle that and put my name on it. He wants to, I mean, and so much to the point where he's actually got a say in the kind of mash bill that gets used, which is what he's done with backwards at the moment. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah manipulated the spirit as well in ways that they usually wouldn't you know, make uh, things for their own core range. He's opted to be the guinea pig and put his label on it and put his money on the line for that. So uh, independent bottler, he doesn't like to be called that as well. But I think he likes to be referred to as a independent whiskey. Or distillery collaborator. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I was, yeah, I was going to say independent distiller, but, but you yeah, know what? collaborator sounds better. I like that. I yeah. really do. Um, you know, like I, I get that he doesn't want to just be a bottler. Yeah, he doesn't want to be known for those, the, the barrel pick guy because that's not what he does. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, like it's 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 what's really cool about it is he's he's paying paying homage to the. the distillery right and the people that work there because mm -hmm. you know like um um one of the cool things about ibs is that they um they'll take a a well-known distillery and a well-known flavor profile basically um and they'll make it into something they'll turn it into something quite different you know um and Justin's not doing that, right? He, but he, what he's doing is he's taking a, a spirit, and he's he's does something unusual with it compared to what the distillery normally does, and he does that in collaboration with that distillery. So, um, I I really like that. I think that's great, and kudos to him for for you know standing in his ground. I reckon. And the experimental yeah. barrels and that that he does as well, like the Mulberry cast last time, and absolutely and stuff like that really absolutely. help. Add to his his little niche, which um, yeah, which he seems to be doing really well. So good on Justin. Yeah, so he's he's yeah, kind of no. doing the same same sort of thing where he's taking something and he's turning it into something a little bit different. Mm. But he's he's not he's doing it in collaboration with that distillery. So I like that. I think that's I think that's yeah. Cool. yeah, which is very smart as well because it means that he also doesn't have to outlay uh, for a bond store either. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. which because uh, i know like for example i mean dan had his uh, like dan woolley highway man when he first started independent bottling he had his own uh bond store 
Uh, oh, actually, well, no. Ye yes and no, actually. Because he... Uh, yeah, it was it was Lord Byron, which is where he eventually started distilling out of, but it has since shifted. He's buying sort of his own personal location now. So, but yeah, like, Hang on, but when he was independent bottling, was wasn't he getting his juice from Adams in Tasmania? And like, he, did he, he did he age it down there or not? Well, yeah, he's and he's a. Yeah, well, that's part of it. That's definitely part of it. So, and he was able to because he went down there and bottled it himself. Yeah. Um, yeah. That he was able to put his yeah his brand and label on it all, but and then then ended up buying this still and and putting it in. Uh, At Lord Byron. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. But I think he was running out of room at home to store the casks, and hence why he was borrowing like. If it wasn't Adams, it was that Lord Byron. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and then, you know, Crafty's, yeah, yeah Crafty's got his own, yeah, he's got his own gig mm -hmm. uh, or his, his own bond store as well. So, which, yeah, I mean, like, if you can do that, that's fantastic. You just got to have the room for it all because you can run out of room real quick once you start acquiring cars that you want to muck around with, that's for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. How absolutely. how do you guys feel about um, disclosure transparency? Because for years I um, I steer, steered away from independent bottlers because a lot of them never like for example Noah Delphi a very well respected and very expensive bottle. Um, they um, no distillery. You know, mm. someone like Justin, I applaud. That it puts in our distillery there, transparency. It tells us everything that is used on it, but transparency maximum. And you get other guys that did not tell you where the spirit came from, how long it was aged. It's, it's like I steered away for years and I, I used to just go independent models. I'm not going to go near him. Now I know I missed out a lot throughout the years. I should have tried. He's <laughs> done okay. a lot of good whiskeys. But um, how do you guys feel about that? Like the ones that, like now, for example, we just had a great whiskey and they didn't even tell us, well, they told us the area. But how do you feel, feel about that when we don't know where the whiskey's coming from? I, I think, I, I, you know what? I, I feel like, I feel like that's sort of a sign of them hiding something. And I know that that sounds, that sounds bad, but what I mean by that is um, it may have a, an adverse impact on their marketing. So that's what I was saying before about that Adelphi, you know, like it sort of says to me um, that it's a, it's not a well-known or well-established distillery potentially. Um, and for that reason, they don't want people bypassing it because they, they think they're not going to like it. Um, and like I said before, that's, that's the thing about independent bottlers is that they'll take a they'll take a whiskey and they'll they'll turn it into something that is can be in some cases completely different, you know. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I just I'm just saying that I think they use they hide behind that a little bit, which mm. which isn't a like I said, it's not a bad thing. It's just a, a way of 
also it, it could only it could also be the, the distiller itself not wanting to because if you were a distillery A and you gave your product to independent bottler B and they ruined it and then they put your name all over it. Or worse, they, well, they made it made it better. Six times better. Yeah, well that's right. So you don't want that conflict happening either. So yep. I think that could be another reason why. But th- yeah, I, I know me personally, I, I don't, it doesn't worry me. Um, I'm happy for it to be hidden as a number, as a area, as, you know, even if it's just petered or non-petered, because if you like the juice, you like the juice. It doesn't matter where it comes from. You don't want to show any favoritism. I am. Um, or not so that that's how i see it anyway yeah well let's put that that um what did uh i know exactly what you're trying to say the lost oak no no no, no. um down at down at the um (laughs) down in taz at the whiskey weekend um simon mcgoran was talking about that the batiki yeah the batiki um whiskey and it was a teaspoon whiskey yes um, where they they say that they put a teaspoon in of another another distillery so that when it's when it's bottled they can't call it they have to call it a blended whiskey mm-hmm. and so it can't be a particular distillery so um, and as he said whether they've put a teaspoon of whiskey in of somebody else's whiskey in there or not you just don't mm-hmm. know right. And most of the time, they probably don't. They just tell you that so you can't use the name. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Adrian's right. It could be. It could be that the the, distillery the, the independent bottle is not allowed to use the name. So, yeah. 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 I, I, what do you reckon, John? Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of bottlings that have gone out where the... Uh, where they've tried to source you know, a particular cask or you know, a particular barrel pick and no. there's been shady uh, um oh, I wouldn't say shady actually shady is probably a bad uh, bad word to use but not very clear records kept of certain particular barrels so because of it there's a lot of bottlings that have gone out that have got undisclosed yeah, particular regions. So they'll know what regions it's from. Uh, like some Scots, uh, Scottish whiskey that I've tried in the past. One of my favourite bottlings uh, from infrequent flyers. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Alistair Walker was a twenty-seven-year-old undisclosed space site. Now that bottling is phenomenal liquid, but. It just kept you guessing as to which Speyside distillery it was. So whether it was, I mean, it, yeah, it just it it kept you guessing. So it's a real good uh, uh, exercise on your palate to try to figure out, well, shit, what can I compare this to? So it keeps you on your toes, uh, keeps you on your palate, <laughs> really. But it's yeah, I I don't mind it, but. If you're going to be transparent, do it properly. That's more what I'm for. Yeah. Uh, if you've if you've said straight out, look, it's undisclosed, then all right, that that's fine. If you've got no, if you don't have 
the full story as to where the cast was sourced and everything else. Fine, no worries. You've got the rest of the info there, so you've got stuff to work with. But, so you've but, got an idea of the liquid that's in that bottle. I was just going to say, but, consumers need to respect that as well because recently there was an independent bottler here in Australia. I want to say recently, probably three, four years ago, and uh, all he said was it's a Tasmanian spirit and he copped so much flack over it and then just because he wouldn't disclose where it came from. So I think that was just, I don't know, a bit of sour grapes or something from the consumer's point of view or, or the group that that was a part of. And right. uh, he, he stuck by his guns and didn't disclose it. And as a result, well, I don't think he's released another one since. So we'll have to follow oh, that geez. up and see. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's not, that's, yeah, yeah, you're right. You know, the consumers need to be a little bit more respectful of, of the reasons why. Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah. I, I, one thing that, um, really, it's my pet hate, you know, it just really makes me really upset is when people start criticizing and being negative in the industry, especially some distillers, because we're not just a consumer. There's people out there, generally, from what I've seen, and I'm pretty sure you guys will agree, everyone gets along with each other and everyone helps each other out and mm -hmm. constructive criticism, if there's any. That's about it, stops there. But occasionally you get a disgruntled distiller, especially when they have one too many, I guess. But um, yeah, you get, and they just keep, just keep same drum over and over again. I mean, that's got to stop because these people don't realize they're alienating. They are alienating. Oh God, I'm joined. Alienating alienating people like myself the consumer i do buy i fucking spend money and there's right, I, I I, I, actually i don't i don't spend as much as some guys that i know and they think i'm never gonna buy from that guy ever again i go why because look at him he's just so grapes look at him no nothing to do with that bloke and and they don't realize they're just doing it they're not doing themselves any favors you know you got something you've got nothing good to say about something or sell a whiskey brand or a distiller say nothing at all that's that's my opinion. Silence is the best when you don't talk about you don't like something. Don't talk about it. Yeah, they just seem to vanish, and that is the best. Why are you going to criticize them? Yeah, what did they say? Any um, any fame like bad fame travels far. Any fame is good. You just yeah yeah. Uh, that's my opinion anyway. Better be positive than negative. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah, I know where I that came from. I definitely agree. It's um. It seems to be a, oh, it's an age-old thing, but you know, like with um, social media, you know, the trolls trolls seem to be everywhere. You know, like not just on social media now. They 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 do it everywhere. You know, they hide behind hide behind something and and throw stones. You know, like it's it's uh, it yeah, it's disappointing. It's absolutely disappointing. On, on a positive note, I'm going to spring this up on you guys. I'm going to surprise you guys. On a positive note, note. all right, listeners, write on the comments, write on the comments the age of this whiskey, and I will send you a 50 mil. I don't think I'm going to send 100 mil because they leak. A 50 mil sample of this Adelphi bottle. So all you got to do is write on the comments. On the banter of a whiskey Instagram account, how old is this bottle? And Podcast. Brad will pick a person. Hopefully, we'll have one at least. Thanks, Mum. <laughs> Mum, you won it last month. You can't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
And uh, yeah, so there you go. It's very that's very uh, generous of you, Vic. So once again, yes, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that, and um, we'll let everybody know um, who or if somebody has been successful. They may not want to be named, but um, yeah, um, I might actually let let next door neighbour know that he needs to put in a mm. put in a vote. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll um, I I think we might wrap it up there. Um, we've been going for a little while now, so um, you know, we'll let everybody get back to driving their cars and um, you know, having a dram, whatever they're doing now. Um, so yeah, thanks guys. Really appreciate the chat. Um I, yeah, it's good to I, be back. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's good to be back. Sorry, we've been we've been a bit uh been a bit slack lately. So there's been a bit going on in our in our personal lives, but yeah, we'll we're back now and we'll um we'll try and put out some podcasts more regularly. So thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Cheers guys. Yeah.